0: Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. For more information, products, services and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within. Now this week I thought I'd start a discussion on oil and where it's going to be trading in the near future. Wars have been fought over oil. We've seen environmental disasters not caused by oil but human error when they're getting the stuff out of the ground or out of the seabeds. Now there are threats to the petroleum industry with the massive changes in terms of power generation in the area of renewables and that's only going to continue. We've seen Tesla come out with their electric cars that are changing the way that people think about power. A lot of people have moved to solar power on their houses so that's also affected the coal industry. People have talked about the petroleum industry um, being or sitting on a heap of stranded assets. So the changes in the oil price have been so dramatic over the past decade a lot of wells have been uh, unviable and late, literally they've just kept them and they're waiting for the future or for an opportunity when the oil price rises again so that it is viable to drill. Can you just imagine how a bank or accountants would be able to value these assets which su- with such huge volatility in the underlying commodity price? I'm sure you can understand how some companies went to the wall or were picked up by bigger fish throughout this last decade I'm also going to be talking about oil stocks but one thing I want to mention to you is a lot of the noise that comes out about oil rallies tends to be when the price is falling I followed this really closely over the past months when the oil price was falling this is before the recent rise we've seen and there was a lot of discussion in certain areas about it a lot of commentary coming out and then shortly after, the price would continue to fall. The only real logic you can get is from a chart. A price chart will tell you what's going to happen or more likely or to happen rather than listening to all of these conversations. Now, before we get into the prices, and I'm going to cover that in the next podcast, um, although I will say in a number of reports that I've put out in different publications, I was watching the prices and setting levels where I thought, A good entry point would be and in actual fact, as the price was falling, um, I was able to set these levels and then finally I had a level at around uh, $50.43, I think, in August 2017 was a good level and another one has just been broken recently when we've seen the oil price push higher. Now, I'm reading a book at the moment and I wanted to share this with you. Tom Bauer wrote a book um, called Oil. Money, politics, and power in the twenty-first century, and and that's really what's spurred me to have this conversation with you. I mean, he's he wrote as a, a historian, a broadcaster, journalist as well um, as a best. He wrote a number of bestsellers as well, so a very interesting book. And I am going to share parts of it with you as we go through this podcast. I am going to take you back to nineteen seventy-three, so. This is how the, the story goes in the book, and I'm just reading you a part of the book. Unlike his younger rivals, he started his career in BHP's supply department in the midst of the first oil crisis in 1973. So this was about a chap by the name of Hall. Until then, BHP and the other major um, oil majors, Exxon, Mobil, Shell, Chevron, Gulf, and Texaco, together known as the Seven Sisters, controlled 85% of the world's oil reserves and had perfected a cosy arrangement to fix the world price. Their representatives met regularly to discuss their costs and calculate their required profits. Blessed by a neat monopoly and a surplus of oil, the seven chairmen would travel as statesmen to the Middle East and inform the Arab producers the price the cartel would pay for their oil the following year, usually around $25.25 per tonne, or $3.60 a barrel. The chairman acknowledged each other's turf and acting like governments used their intelligence agencies and military supremacy to impose one-sided agreements. The Arab producers meekly signed fixed-price contracts. Exxon formally announced the price and the crude continued to flow from the Middle East to refineries. They could rely on its own plentiful supplies supplemented by additional oil from Venezuela and Mexico. Before 1939, Europe imported 90% of its oil from America, but after 1945, switched to the Middle East, which cost actually 20 cents a barrel to produce compared to 90 cents for oil in Texas. Now, even American oil companies increased their imports. To placate small US producers who were protesting about competition from Arab oil, in 1956, Eisenhower limited imports, thus increasing the glut in the Middle East. Four years later, without consultation, Exxon and other sisters unilaterally cut prices for oil producers. Resentful of the cartel, Saudi Arabia and four other leading Middle Eastern oil producers met in Baghdad in 1960 to form OPEC, to challenge the Seven Sisters' ownership of their reserves. The new unfocused group confronting the Western cartel remained ineffectual until the 6th Day War in 1967, resentment against America and Britain sparked the declaration by Saudi Arabia of an oil embargo. But this show of bravado descended into fast when Seven Sisters effectively organized increased supplies from Iran and Venezuela, and Saudi Arabia's income plummeted. I think it's really interesting when you're looking at the oil price to really get an understanding of the, of these sort of factors in the, the activity around the oil price. Plus, it's also interesting to understand how OPEC was formed. Now, Gaddafi apparently told BHP's managing director, this was back in 1970, that unless we get more money for our oil, we'll stop supplies. And a huge spurt in demand had prompted Exxon to forecast for the first time a world shortage of oil and the fear of scarcity. Plus, Americans' increase in imports to 28% of its consumption served the interest of OPEC. The Seven Sisters, OPEC knew, could only control prices so long as there was a surplus of oil. Now, Gaddafi was successful in getting a higher price, and this encouraged the Shah of Iran and the then government of Venezuela and Saudi Arabia to demand price hikes. The oil companies feared losing their power to threaten the producers with a boycott if they rejected the prices they stipulated. Meeting in New York on this was January 1971, 23 oil companies agreed with the American government's permission to breach the antitrust laws and confront Libya and OPEC. Their unity was short-lived. During negotiations in Tehran and Tripoli in March 1971, the company's agreement disintegrated and prices were increased beyond their limits. Shell's chairman declared, There's no doubt that the buyer's market for oil is over. The Libyan and, Gu- and Ar- the Libyan and Iraqi governments began partial nationalisation of Western oil interest in 1972. The United States said Gaddafi deserved a good hard slap. Bashar nationalised 51% of the oil major's Iranian interest and increased prices again. It was said that the relationship between the West and the Middle East had been changed unalterably. Now, in 1973, oil traders hardly existed except for a fringe group um, of traders. Gradually, BHP and Shell replaced the fixed-price contracts agreed upon with OPEC with contracts based on prices quoted among traders on the day of delivery in Rotterdam. Oil became a traded commodity in an unregulated market, subject only to finance from banks and counterparty risk. What an interesting history. I'm going to share more with you in my next podcast. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within. Happy trading. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.